with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Hi, this is Blindsight. Welcome. I'm your host, Bill Lundgren. The program is produced by Audio Information Network of Colorado. And this is the second part of our conversation, which we started last week on goal setting. And I'm pleased to have uh, my associate, the producer of the show, Jonathan uh, Price, to help us to talk further about goal setting and carrying out goals. You may remember, those of you who listened last week heard us talk about GROW, which was uh, something that his Jonathan's uh, father presented, which, uh, would you run the acronym again for us, Jonathan? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So GROW, uh, the acronym is, the G is the GROW or the goal. What 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 is your goal? The R is the reality and what kind of what is your current reality and what are the options in your reality to work the goal and then the last one the w is work the options so that you can achieve a new reality to achieve your goal so working backwards and that's a way that we can uh, keep uh what everybody talked about is kids keep it simple stupid (laughs) and be able to put it in terms that is easy for us to remember And we gave you all homework to think about your, what kind of goal you want to uh, establish, uh, to keep it simple, to keep it a couple, just a couple of them, uh, to think about what would be involved in making that, uh, what would be the benefit of doing that goal. Uh, uh, realizing that goal, but also in terms of looking at how we actualize it and how we can uh, develop markers to tell us that we're making progress and to reward ourselves by praise or by uh, sharing with other people what we're doing and getting praise from them, uh, getting support from them, and begin to make that goal uh, achievable and a reality as part of our, our lives. And one of the nice things, that, uh, many nice things that Jonathan presented too was the simplicity of having some words to reinforce what we, what, what we want to work on. And it could be words that uh, we put on on a post-it and put on a mirror to remind ourselves that this is what what we need to work on or how we're going to work on it, and the constant reinforcement because to change behavior is not easy. We can talk about changing behavior; that's the easy part. To actually do it is more difficult 
and it needs a lot of reinforcement, support. Uh, the image I use for change is if you think about how you put on a coat, do you put the right arm in first or the left arm? And then think about what happens if I were to give you, or we were to give you the instruction that for the next week, you put a different arm in the coat. If you're putting uh, your right arm in the coat first, for the next week, do it uh, the left arm first. That is not easy, but you have to think about it because you know putting a coat on is an automatic thing. But to say, okay, I'm going to do this, requires our thinking and our actualizing and being conscious of what we're doing. Did I miss anything? No, I think you nailed it. The idea of trying to put my coat on a different way really stresses me out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And that's what I was thinking about I was even, thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, how do I even put on my jacket? That, and, right. and then all of a sudden the 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 image that I had that came into my mind was um in the new uh the Karate Kid movie with Jackie Chan and uh, Will Smith's son, um, I forget his name, Jaden, I think. But, um, you know, coat on, coat off, coat on, coat off. And he's spinning it around in a particular way. And all I see is, is that image. And I think, okay, well, I do it the same way. So now I have to do it the other way. And it was just stressing right. me out. So <laughs> thanks, Bill. Thanks. Thanks for stressing me out in 2023. And it <laughs> we're not even a week and well, a half into it. What the, the, the question is, you know, it change is about that complicated because yeah, yeah. we're so accustomed to doing things a certain way, it becomes automatic, and then we really have to be conscious of change. Right. And so part of what we need to do in thinking of actualization is, you know, to have that uh, direction, if you will. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is what I have to do, and this is how I have to do it. And that's why when I talked, when we talk about reward, uh, and also the involvement of other people is so important. Supportive people. Not everybody's supportive. Some people like, uh, like you not to change. You know, they're adjusted to the way you are, but they may not feel comfortable, like Jonathan was talking about putting a different arm in the coat because it's familiar. They know what the, what the rules are. You want to change, and so you uh, have to look for people who are going to support you in the goals that you're establishing for yourself. This is yeah. one of the things that I love about 12-step programs, you know, for people who are trying to deal with an addiction, to have a group of people who, number one, will encourage you to talk about how difficult it is to mm -hmm. change and then to applaud when you do change. You know, there's a tradition in 12-step programs where uh, if you've been sober for uh, 30 days, you get a medallion mm. and 60 days and 90. And then at the end, you get a, a medallion after a year wow. and you get the opportunity to share with other people, people who are newbies and people who've been in the right. program for ages, your experience of the past year. And you also are encouraged to then 
share what you've learned with newbies that come in, to be a temporary sponsor, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. There's a reward system all along to reinforce your decision to be sober or to be free of whatever the addiction you're trying to work on. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's important to, you know, when you talk about specifically the 12-step program and even other, there are other programs that deal with addiction, um, the ability to surround yourself with people who not only are being a champion for you and for your particular growth, you also need to surround yourself with the people who are going to fight with you. You know, it's, it's, a it's a, it's a slippery slope when you start hanging out with people who may or may not have your best interest at heart. They'll say to your face that they have your best interest, but you could be at a party and, you know, we just celebrated New Year's and you may have been at a party where your friends were like, man, I wish he would drink. He's so much more fun when he's drunk. Or, you know, yeah. I wish they would have taken a hit of something. And, you know, there's so much more, you know, loose. And it, it, But to your face, they'll say, oh, I'm so proud of you. You know, you can do this. And the rah, rah. And, and I don't, you need to be careful with the yeah. people that you surround like yourself that. with. People like that all around. Right. Yeah. And, and But it's. It, it's it's it can be really toxic and, and understanding and having that either one person, two people in your life who will not only encourage you, but will hold your hand through the fire. Because if you're going through addiction and you're going through withdrawals and you're going through a hard time, whether it be um, issues with the kids, issues with your spouse, issues with your job, with, with whatever it may be, when you have people in your corner to understand what you're going through and then walk with you through that fire, they not only become friends for life, but they become almost like soulmates. And I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pose the question to you when we're talking about, uh, we're, we're kind of moving in from, uh, or I guess out of goals and into kind of changing our person as, as a, as our personality and as things that we want to change about ourselves rather than achieving goals. Cause now we're moving in from something mm-hmm. that is measurable to something that may be more abstract and, and immeasurable, but we'll still see a change. How do you define or differentiate the idea of goal setting versus vision setting? Well, I think, I think Goals, when you add them all together, are the change that you have. Uh, implicit in it is a different vision of yourself. Mm. And I'm going to use blindness as a vision tool. Okay. okay. We can say, for example, uh, uh, well, I learned Braille. I don't use Braille. You know, I know I'm committing a heresy <laughs> to some people, but... Uh, I learned Braille. I learned second stage mm-hmm. Braille. And, yeah, that was my goal. That was one of the, you know, goals of the program that I was in. And yeah, I did it. And it did something for my vision of myself. Yeah. And being able, oh, I can be 
successful blind person. It may not be using Braille, but I will find ways to be able to communicate and to, and to uh, find things out. And that's the vision that we have to remind ourselves that we're, uh, you know, we're heading for, but we can't say, oh, I'm going to change my vision mm -hmm. of myself. We have to be much more concrete. But the end result is the change in vision. And just the fact that we make a decision to change, yeah. change our attitude, to change uh, whatever, it is the formulation of a different vision of ourselves, the confidence that we can do whatever it is. If we're overweight and we just, uh, we may just assume we'll always be overweight. We'll, you know, we'll allow ourselves to mm. become diabetics because we don't see ourselves as being anything else. And then when we start making changes, then we say, oh, that image mm. that I had of myself yep. was false. And that I can be whatever it is I want to be. And that's when the growth of vision uh, then begins to, uh, the, the growth of the, the yeah. sense of ourselves become part and parcel of all those little bricks that we have put together, uh, the building blocks we put together, which have to do with our goals, yeah. goal setting. Because ultimately, we want to feel good about who we are. Yeah, last week on AfterSight, we had an amazing man. His name is Lex Gillette, and he's a, a gold medal Paralympian. And he was mentioning his life motto and his kind of creed, if you will, of who needs sight when you have vision. And I thought that was really profound when, you know, either sighted or unsighted physically, everybody still has a vision for their life. I want to be an author. I want to be an artist. I want to be a mechanic. I want to be a plumber. I want to be, I, I have a vision for my, I want to, you know, marry somebody and have kids and the white picket fence, or I want to be the, the most richest man in the world, man, woman in the world. I want to, like, you have a vision for your life, be it good or bad. There, a, a vision is just a vision is a vision. And being able to realize make it come to fruition, that vision takes one thing. And for me, that, that thing is decision, is being decisive about your next steps. And that can be paralyzing, really. You, you may have this idea, like, I want to start a book. <clears throat> okay, well, did you write anything today? No, I just don't think anybody's going to want to hear what I have to say. Well, that's that's not necessarily true. You may have a story that somebody needs to hear, whether it be addiction, whether it be trauma or abuse, whether it be um, you grew up in a bad home or you lost your vision or what your story will touch somebody's life if you choose to share it. And that's the beautiful thing about having vision is that your vision will touch somebody's life. 
period. It just will. And when you can understand that your vision touches somebody's life, it no longer becomes about you successfully accomplishing that vision, but rather you sharing that vision with everybody else so that they can fulfill their vision, so that generation can fulfill their vision. And on down the line, you don't know how many lives you're going to touch with your story, but you've got to tell your story. you got to share your vision. And being decisive in that vision setting and that vision for your life, for your family, for your friends, whatever have you, you set that vision and you decide that you're going to set out on that vision, boy, you're going to be unstoppable. I was thinking about, as you were talking, that one of the uh, crucial moments, as it can be for a number of us, uh, when I discovered that I was going to lose my eyesight, I was in one career, and I just didn't feel that I could do, do it uh, blind. And... Uh, I really didn't like the career that I was in. I had to face that reality. And by the learning that I was going to lose my sight and I had to do something differently, and being uh, being blind at that time, I saw as a pretty, could be pretty grim, and uh, which meant, well, if I'm going to lose my vision, I better do something that I really like doing. Sure. And that's how I made the career change. And in fact, it took a while, but I had the vision of working in the field of addiction, right? which I've been Absolutely. interested in. And I had the vision, well, this is my, this is what I'm being called to do. Mm. And by having that vision and knowing that I really had an urgency to attain that vision then made all the difference in the world. And so how did you go from transitioning to that vision with that decision? What were your first steps? My first step was to understand that my life was not over hmm. and had to say that I had, I had a choice right now to do something that I thought was useful. Hmm. And in fact, that I'd already been doing as a volunteer, and I have to find a way of doing it. And that's when I had to re rethink what I was doing career-wise and make it applicable to this new direction I wanted to go and to see if I could do it. Right. And once I found myself actually taking a job as an executive director of an agency, which scared the hell out of me because I'd never <laughs> been in that management kind of position. And I thought, no, right. no, no, I right. need to work for, for somebody who, you know, is a manager and I learn uh -huh. and all that. And, and then he said, you know, I've been, been trying for a while to find something. And I said, all right, do it. And, and I did it, and the vision has changed. I, I didn't realize until I was doing a lot of management stuff that I really not that wild about doing management. <laughs> and I got the training as a counselor, 
while I was director of the agency. And then when I left the agency, I was a certified counselor. Mm. And that's when the vision became really clear that this is where I was supposed to be. Yeah. And sometimes it takes that little trial and error to find out what your real vision mm -hmm. is. But once you have it, it's the aha moment that says, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's, that's what I have. And, and, but it, it started with goals is to find a different job. Right. It's sort of that I refinement by fire, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And you begin to, it becomes clearer to you as you realize this is the right fit. And sometimes, uh, like you say, being a writer and being nervous about it. But sometimes when, again, it's small baby steps. If you're afraid of being a writer, just do some short things. Try it out. See how it fits. See if you like it. Yeah. And then you see, you can say, oh, that is the vision for me to be a writer. Particularly when you get some people who say, oh, I like what you're writing. Mm -hmm. It reinforces. Yep. And I had some people who thought, oh, you're crazy to go become an agency director. And I decided, no, I don't think they know me that well. <laughs> and then, you know, I did it. And, and uh, I was there for five years and, and took a small agency and made it uh, a major player in the county where it was located. Mm -hmm. And I, that felt good. It was, in other the successes reinforce the appropriateness of the vision. Sometimes the failures uh, yeah. uh, still, uh, you have to say, this isn't a failure. This is, I'm still learning how to do, how to follow my vision. Right. Yep. It's so a little bit of both. But you have to see, I think what we're talking about really, bottom line, is optimism. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I said, you know what? I'm not going to take the idea of, of being a failure any mm -hmm. longer. No matter what, I'm going to make it work. And when you have that optimism, it does work. Yeah, I. it's interesting you bring up that word optimism because, you know, we see, like in your situation, when you took the job as, as the manager, you you wanted it or... And and you were successful at it, but there was still something left inside that, that you wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah, the direct care. Yeah, exactly. And when you allow yourself the ability to say, okay, I'm fulfilled to a point. And it's like my counselor has, all, has, has told me several times where... You know, if you imagine a full tank of gas, a, a, a car with a full tank of gas, and you go to the gas station and you're either in a job or a situation that only will fill your gas tank up to three quarters. That's all it does. It only fills it up to three quarters. You can never get to that full tank of gas. What would it take to get you to that full tank of gas? Is it a new career? Is it a, a new uh, location? Are you going to, do you need to move to a different state, to a different country, to a different town, a different house? It doesn't matter. Whatever thing that will, you know, and, and you take this with a grain of salt, whatever will get you to that full tank of gas feeling. Now that's kind of subjective, but the, the point being, 
you have to be okay with moving yourself into a position to potentially have that full tank. And when you look at the right. optimism, it's it for me, I guess it's a decision of saying, you know what, I'm in a really crappy position or I'm in a really great position and I'm going to decide that I'm going to have a good outlook on this and I'm going to learn from this situation, this, this mistake and, and not see, you know, you could have fallen flat on your face as a manager. And I'm pretty sure you right. would have no, me knowing you and your personality would have said, you know, this is a really crappy situation, but I'm going to turn this into a learning opportunity and grow from it. And it, yeah, Which absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is not right. where I want to be. And when you mm -hmm. understand that, that, that failure is a building block, not a end game, it unlocks a whole path for you that you never may have realized. And it can be really, really beautiful. Every great invention has lots of failures behind it because it takes that. And, you know, it, it, that's when we look at when we talk about goals. Some of those goals just aren't going to work out, but that's going to teach you something. Right. If you let it. The failures that you get are going to teach you something about what it is that you're really looking for. Mm. And we have to be willing to learn those lessons and take risk, sure. if you will, within, within reason. You know, it's like, uh, I, and everybody knows I got a new guide mm -hmm. dog this, this year. And I realized that I had to relearn a lot of things I just let slide with my other dog because he was, sure. he took care of everything. So in that process of relearning what it means to be blind, and what senses that I have still that I have to use reinforces my strength or my sense of strength in being able to, right. uh, to operate and helped me to feel good in achieving the goal of making this, this dog and I work the right. way I want us to work. Yeah. Change like that. Change but like we've that. We've got to pay is... attention. Mm -hmm. It can be overwhelming for sure. And I think when you're, when you're talking. Yeah, it was. I'm, for yeah, few, I'm sure for I mean, a month. You, your dog wants to go left and you're used to going right. And <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, where the right. hell am I? Right. But when I think you're talking about the idea of, right. you know, vision setting and goal setting and trying to figure out, okay, what is my vision? One of the other things I think is important when you're setting that vision is allowing for contingencies and allowing for flexibility. Because yeah. if you have this vision of, I'm gonna be the right. world's best brain surgeon, and you don't allow for anything else, you are not only setting yourself up for failure, you're setting yourself up for depression, disappointment, anger, all of these other things that if you have such a narrow focus, you you may not achieve that goal. Not saying that you can't, but there are circumstances where you may not be able to achieve that goal. For years, I wanted to be a, a wildly successful uh, film composer and write music for, you know, the next Batman movie and in and the next, you know, whatever, you know, romantic comedy or drama or you know whatever have you. And that 
vision and that dream didn't play out. However, what I did learn was communication through audio, communicating through sound, and how just the human voice can communicate so many things that our words can't. And when I adjusted my vision and I adjusted my goal, my life didn't take on any less meaning. It actually gained meaning. I took the skills that I learned from film scoring and music writing and translated it into audio production and you know podcast production. And now I'm drawing on two levels of, I guess, knowledge and being able to communicate with other people in a way that I would never have been able to. And so being flexible in my vision has allowed me a much richer life, a much richer passion. And now I have no idea what my vision is going to be for the next year, for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, but I do know that growth, you know, going back to that grow acronym, my growth is essential to whatever vision I may have moving forward. And it's okay to not have a vision right now. It's okay to be in a season and just enjoy a particular season of life. You don't have to go out tomorrow or right now and say, well, I don't have a vision, so I guess my life is over. No, we don't want that. We want you to understand that your vision may come to you anytime. You could be in the garage, taking out the trash, shoveling the driveway, you know, walking in the grocery store, on a date, I don't care what it is, your vision will come to you when it comes to you. And allow yourself to be flexible no matter what. And your vision will more than likely give you the satisfaction in life that you've always been looking for. Right. There's a there's this uh, Buddhist saying, when the student is ready, the master shall appear. And yeah. I think that's true. You know, when we're ready, the correct, the the appropriate vision can appear if we're patient and allow it to to flower. Hmm. Meanwhile, we have to do some work, but we also remember a couple things. One, the past is done. Mm -hmm. We can't change the past. Right. The future, we can't predict. <laughs> All we have is the present. Right. And we our, it is our job, I think, and we're here we're really getting philosophical, but <laughs> our job is in this present to make it the best present it can be. Yeah. And that requires us being intentional, being uh, feeling like we're moving at a pace that works for us, mm -hmm. and seeing the best that's all around us. Be mindful of what's around mm -hmm. us and, and you know, be the best that we can be. Right. And we have that capability. You can't be yeah, just being else. present. To being be present. present yeah. Mm -hmm. In the present. You know, I mean that that's cliche, but it's it's so very true. Too many times we get focused on the minutiae of what tomorrow may bring. And we don't focus on... Or what on, we can't do. Or what we can't right, do. Exactly. As opposed to what we right. can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we focus on the idiot who cut us off. We focus on the person yeah. who cut us in the grocery line. And we forget to take in the kids laughing, playing in the snow. Right. We forget right. to take into account the the joy of <laughs> of a green light. 
of right. a good conversation with a friend of, you know, being able to help somebody in need who you didn't anticipate helping and being able to be present in those situations and choosing and being optimistic, like what you were saying in all those situations will provide you an avenue for a vision to kind of come to you, I guess. Right. One of the things that I, I think I've mentioned uh, one of the podcasts before, but I think it's worth repeating again. An assignment is at the end of the day to mm. think of three things you're grateful for and three things, at least three things that you've done right. Because so often we focus when we go to bed to what we did sure. wrong today or things that didn't work out. Mm. But again, it comes back to that optimism in terms yep. of helping us to realize what we're doing that is working towards that vision, working towards actualizing ourselves as living, vibrant human beings that we actually are. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to chew on that for next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My brain hurts, Bill. You you provide yeah. good conversation. I love I love being able to come on and talk with you. Well, we have a nice exchange with each other and I hope that <laughs> our audience uh is benefiting from yeah, hearing us. Definitely. You've had a chance to listen to Jonathan Price and to Bill Lundgren. This is Blindsight and sponsored by the Audio Information Network of Colorado. And it's been a delight to spend this time with you, Jonathan, and to be able to share with our audience. Homework, think about what you've heard and see if you can Spend some time in quiet and figure your goals, how you're going to achieve them, who you're going to look to to support you in achieving the mm -hmm. goals and the vision that you come up with. You don't need to be with people who will be negative. And people who are helpful may sound negative, but, people, but there are people out there who are negative at anything you may do, avoid them. You have that right. Mm -hmm.